Jerusalem-born Rabbi Leah Shaktiel is a proud iconoclast. More than 30 years ago, the Orthodox feminist appealed successfully to the Supreme Court of Israel for the right to sit on the Yerucham Religious Council, where she served from 1988 to 1993. She is active in religious peace organizations, was ordained last year, and now serves as the rabbi at the Center for Women's Justice. At 69 years old, she is also the matriarch of a large family, which includes seven children, some from her husband's first marriage, 27 grandchildren, and six great-grandchildren. Baruch Hashem. Nine. 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 Okay, they should all, uh, oh, it, since, you, since she sent us the bio yesterday, there's, they, we went from six great-grandchildren to right. nine. Mazel tov. You blink, you blink, another one is born. Yes. <laughs> um, and so, friends, we are very excited to uh, have Rabbi Leah Shaktil here with us to discuss Shemitah and much more. Um, so uh, buckle your seatbelts and here we go. Thank you so much for being here. Okay, so thank you for um, honoring me with this. Uh, uh, we will insist today on the uh, correct meanings of certain uh, words in the Torah, which are in Hebrew, of course. And I will start by saying that my name is Leah Shakdiel. Difficult for Americans to put the stress on the last syllable, okay? So pretend you're French. Um, and uh, I will begin by uh, saying that it occurred to me, uh, we usually talk about tshuva. Tshuva means that there are lots of things that we did wrong, and we are now repenting from things that are bad, okay? And uh, all the mitzvot lota say the don'ts, okay? Uh, refer to don't do this thing because it's evil, don't do that one because it's uh, forbidden, etc. Okay, that's the pattern of what teshuva is about. And it occurred to me some uh, 20 years ago, I think, that um, there is another um, countercurrent, I would say, in our Torah. And that current includes uh, three mitzvot that I noticed so far, okay, Shabbat, Shemitah, and Pesach. Uh, in the course of those three mitzvot, what we do is actually we are commanded to stop doing something which is essentially very good, okay? That is totally different from the idea of stopping to do something which is bad, right? So I want to look at those three mitzvot uh, this evening, for me it's evening, okay? Uh, with you right now, and I will start by sharing a screen. I'm so proud that I know, I hope it works. Uh, we'll look at the verses of the Torah, uh, which are, uh, uh, which are, you look at the verses of the Torah, which are um, uh, first the verses about Shabbat, then the verses about Shemitah, and then the verses about Pesach. And, uh, and uh, okay, so when we start with looking at Shabbat, I, what you have here is uh, marked in yellow are the places where I wanted to emphasize the Hebrew root, okay? 
לשבות, שבת לשבות. In Hebrew it means to stop work, okay? I know that in English when you stop work you call it strike uh, because they used to beat up, you know, uh, the, uh, those who uh, tried to, uh, to uh, go against the, those who were on strike, against the unions. But in Hebrew, the word strike, uh, to go on strike means lishbot. It means to not work. That's what it is. So when uh, on the seventh day of creation, uh, I, in italics, you see the places where I wasn't happy with the English translation because they missed totally the essence of the idea. You know, they said that God rested. That means absolutely nothing. On the seventh day, Vayishbot, that's what it is, from all his work. Then uh, it says again, uh, what did he do? He didn't rest. He Shavat Mikol Melachto Asherasa, right? So Lishbot uh, uh, means to stop doing something. And I want to emphasize the fact that what God stopped doing, a, a couple of verses before, we are told that God looked at it and he thought it was all tov me'od. He was very good. So why stop doing something which is very good? Then in the book of Exodus, it becomes a mitzvah, right? It's not just uh, something that God did, but it becomes a mitzvah. And again, uh, in uh, the Ten Commandments, uh, which is a terrible word, it means the ten things that were the ten words that, uh, uh, you know, it says uh, Shabbat, right? Uh, and uh, again in Deuteronomy, it talks about uh, observe the Shabbat. Yeah, okay. And the next one, uh, uh, what I wanted to show you is that in, uh, in uh, the Shmot Perek Lamed Aleph, right? In Exodus, when we told about uh, that God, um, Moshe, uh, takes uh, God's command to the people that they have to start now building the Mishkan, you know, Mishkan meaning where God is going to dwell among the people of Israel. And so it talks about, you see the first verses, there are a lot of, you know, Bezalel, there's um, the spirit of God is filling him, everything is holy. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you're it, 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 talking about the skilled workers, you're talking about the priests and the covenant. So it's all filled with um, holiness, and then right next to it, you know, for the holy place, right next to it, you must observe the Sabbath, the Sabbath, the Sabbath, the Sabbath. And again, in the last verse, who Shavat, not rested, okay, who Shavat. So the, uh, the idea that we, the Jews, are supposed to stop working every seventh day is clearly analogous to the way God stopped his work of creation on the seventh day. We know that the work that we stop doing every seventh day is good work. There are many places where we are told God was created in the image of God. 
uh, as God speaks, man also speaks. Uh, uh, man is told to, to fill the earth and rule it. Man is told to uh, uh, protect creation. He's put in the Garden of Eden in order to toy the land and protect it. And we know also this verse that uh, God did not create a uh, world for uh, to leave it as chaos. He created the world so that we turn it into cosmos, you know, to quote the, um, the Greek philosophy uh, words, you know, chaos versus uh, chaos is the tohu. And lashevet uh, mean to, to uh, actually to people the world in order to, to uh, take care of it and develop it. That's what it means. Pruvu is lashevet to uh, procreate, but also uh, uh, think of the word procreate. We are doing something of uh, in English this time. We are doing something which is likened to creation, which is very, very good. However, we are told that every seventh day we have to stop doing it uh, because it seems that if we continue doing something which is very good without ever stopping, apparently something not good is going to happen. And Dafka, the idea of stopping it periodically, and these are fixed periods when we have to stop doing the good thing, every seven days, Davka, this periodical stopping doing the good, apparently protects the good. It makes it possible for us to renew the good thing. And if we don't ever stop, the good will deteriorate into bad. I think that this is the message uh, uh, which is embedded in this idea. And the same message, if I move on to Shemitah, okay, Shemitah in Hebrew, again, you see the italics. I really was very upset that the English translation that I found um, really did not uh, preserve the meaning of the root Lishmot, Shemitah. Lishmot means to let go like I'm holding a, a beautiful vase, okay, uh, glass crystal vase in my hands, and I stop holding it, I let go. So lishmot, usually, uh, you know, it could connote something very irresponsible. You let go of something which you need to actually hold and reserve. So the meaning of the word shmitah should be in our heads as we go into it. And therefore I corrected the first um, source here. You know, what do you do on the seventh year? Hashvi'it, hishmetena. Okay, you will let go, you will drop it. It's like, uh, first you had the fields, right? And the harvest and the crops, all of that for six years. And then what do you do with the earth and the harvest and, 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 uh, and the crops? You let go, okay? Just like that. So tishmetena, and the second word is even unetashta. You you um, you really you you uh, leave it. 
lintosh is to leave something in a very, uh, it could mean something very negative. You know, you desert it. Okay. So tishmetena unetashta are very powerful words that um, uh, refer to the Shemitah year. On the Shemitah year, we let go, we drop, we desert. What is it that we let go, drop, desert? Very good things, you know, because all six years we are supposed to, of course, toil the land. Toiling the land is an extremely positive, important uh, activity, human activity, you know, and, and we are told here not to actually, uh, uh, not to actually do anything um, uh, on this, uh, anything good like that on the seventh year, because on that seventh year, again, just like the principle of Shabbat, we're supposed to stop doing something very positive in order to renew stuff afterwards in order for the positive thing to actually remain positive, okay? So um, I find that a very powerful uh, current that goes in a very different uh, path than the idea of tshuva. Uh, and uh, in this coming Shemitah year, you know, uh, up and coming, uh, uh, it's very interesting, you know, we are going uh, into the days of tshuva at the same time, dropping the evil stuff, at the same time that we go into the Shemitah year, which means we stop doing the good stuff. Very interesting. You'll see in other passages, Torah passages that also talk about the, uh, the uh, Shemitah, Yes, um, uh, in Leviticus, in, in Vayikra Cafe, right? Where he talks about Shemitah and afterwards about the Yuvel. Uh, again, I, I didn't like the idea, uh, you know, Sabbath, they had it in the translation, but they, they, they missed that. So I corrected it. The Hebrew word is Veshavta Shabbat. So Veshavta, again, it's the, you know, that in Hebrew, Bet and Vet, uh, you know, it can, change according to the um, uh, rules of, of grammar. Okay, so, but it's the same root. And again, it, when it says Shabbat Shabbaton, they missed it. Shabbat Shabbaton, twice, in the same short passage. So the Shemitah, in the Shemitah, is we do not do all those good stuff. Uh, and, and, uh, 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 which is good, but you don't do it. In other words, the lota ase, the don'ts mitzvot, again, just like as in Shabbat, law, it's forbidden to write, it's forbidden to sew, it's forbidden to uh, whatever. All of that is, it's forbidden to do what? Not evil things. It's forbidden to do good things. Same thing here. It's forbidden to do on Shabbat, on Shemitah, Certain good things. Look at the next passage in Dvarim, where he talks about Shemitat Ksafim. Again, the translation totally missed the point by leaving out the concept of Shemitah. Wherever they could, it translated into canceling the debt. But you don't get the idea 
that uh, actually the idea of, uh, which is in the next passage, you know, uh, if anyone needs a loan, it is a mitzvah to give them a loan. So uh, uh, it's a good thing to give people a loan because they need loans. So what you do here on the Shemitah year, you let go of the good thing. What is the good thing? The good thing is giving a loan. Loan is something which needs to be, to be paid back. So instead of, you know, when you say to cancel the loan, it doesn't preserve the idea of Shemitah. Uh, we call it in, uh, in uh, Halachic Hebrew, Shemitat Ksafim, right, Chazal? Uh, you must do Shemitah, says the Torah. In the beginning, you don't understand what it means, okay? Uh, the Shemitah. And then uh, what does the creditor do? Shamot Yado, it says in Hebrew. He has to let go his hand. His hand holds on to the debt, right? You have to Shamot Yado. And then again, Shemitah. Right? So, uh, uh, and again, when you talk about that it is important to give loans and uh, you cannot uh, ignore the poor and not giving them your, the seventh, uh, the seventh year, the year for Shemitah, not canceling the debt because it doesn't preserve the idea. So uh, I'll just say here in, um, in brackets that we know that uh, in the Mishnah, uh, they, uh, uh, the work of uh, one of the Tanaim, Hillel, one of the early Tanaim, is recorded. And one of the things he did is because people stopped giving loans, he introduced uh, the, the uh, thing, uh, the um, procedure called uh, prosbul, which we use to the present day in banking, uh, in modern banking also, uh, meaning that. Uh, the loan is actually is in the hands of the Beit Din. It's not in the hands of the individual who gave the loan. Uh, or, uh, so the bank gets a heter iska. The bank also gets, uh, gets a, a, a permission to actually collect the debts during the seventh year. And according to the principle of Hillel, which by the way, could be, uh, if we look at it deeply, it may be controversial, but it's not our topic today. So which is why I put it in brackets. But according to the Torah, it is literally uh, said, the Torah Shabikhtav, that you're supposed to let go of the debt. And it goes into the whole uh, process of convincing us that actually the loan debt return loan is a very positive economical uh, behavior. If you avoid that behavior, you are wrong. If you refuse to give loans, you are wrong. So again, the Shemitah here connotes, don't do once every seven years, don't do the good thing of giving loans and co collecting them back. Uh, the last uh, mitzvah that I want to uh, include in this uh, uh, thought is uh, the mitzvah of Pesach. And this is something that I noticed only a few years ago. Uh, after I wrote this article. Uh, and that is that when we first uh, come across the uh, mitzvah of Pesach, which is in uh, uh, before, right before the uh, Yetziat Mitzrayim, the exodus from Egypt, uh, in uh, the Shmot Yud Bet, the 12th chapter of, of Shmot, 
uh, it's very interesting that the reference to chametz, uh, machmetzet, what do you do with the chametz and machmetzet on Pesach? The reference is in the Hebrew verb tashbitu seor mibatechim. Okay? I noticed that and sort of my eyes uh, fell open, you know? Uh, I said, oh my God, it's, it's another, it's a third occasion. And then I reread the whole chapter uh, and I saw that the whole chapter talks about leaving uh, Egypt behind, not just physically, you know, everybody, you know, they wanted to leave Egypt physically and to be freed from slavery, fine. But, but the whole idea is that what you have to do is drop lishmot, lehashbit, the positive things about Egypt. It suddenly occurred to me that throughout the whole chapter, we begin by being told to stop counting time according to the solar calendar which was the Egyptian calendar, later on the Roman calendar, okay? Stick to the lunar calendar. That was point number one. Is the solar calendar a bad thing? Chas of course it's a good thing. We know that throughout the Torah, there are references to seasons of the year. Sometimes even the holidays uh, the, uh, are referred to in uh, agricultural terms, which refer to the seasons, meaning to the solar calendar. So the solar calendar does not disappear and it has, it, it's a good thing. It's a wonderful uh, um, uh, a, a achievement of, of the human mind and human cultures, except we are told to leave that behind, to drop it and adopt something else instead, which is the lunar calendar. Point number two is take a lamb, slaughter it, and put the blood on your doorposts. Is the Egyptian uh, culture, which was mainly around the Nile uh, River, which was agricultural, and, and, and was uh, totally loathed the, the idea of, of, uh, of slaughtering uh, sheep and eating them. Is that culture negative? I know that there are in Chazal, there are many places where the Egyptians are described as totally sinful, da da da, da whatever. Also in the Torah, it says you shouldn't do the Avot of Mitzrayim because if you do that, then I will also throw you out of the land of Israel, okay? So, uh, uh, but in, in this particular chapter, Egypt is uh, described as having uh, uh, a very effective solar calendar, a very effective agricultural uh, way of life, uh, meaning not livestock, but um, uh, they, they use livestock, but not eating livestock, okay? But um, actually vegetarian way of life. And the third point is the chametz. Tashbitu or mi 
What is the Hametz? I read that actually it was an, uh, one of the achievements of Egyptian culture. I don't know. But the idea that you actually, uh, it has become very popular recently in, uh, you know, new age um, ecology, uh, organic type of culture. What you do is you save a bit from uh, your, uh, your dough, which had leavened already, you save a bit and you start new dough. And because the old, the, the previous dough already had in it the yeast, then you can, rec you can create new dough, uh, which also rises. And dough that rises makes for much healthier and much tastier bread. So it, it becomes a very important uh, achievement of that culture. Uh, leaving it, lash bit, to let go of the Seol in this chapter. It, it's not because we have to eat the lechem oni, the bread that reminds us of uh, poverty and slavery. It, it's not because we didn't have time to let the dough rise because we rushed out of uh, Egypt in the middle of the night. In this particular chapter, it is for a very specific reason. We leave behind the endlessly uh, renewing dough that rises and we start from scratch. When you start from scratch without any leavened dough, it means that your bread will not rise. It will remain what we know as matzah. Very interesting. So again, I find that even in the idea of Pesach and Chametz, I know that there are many drashot and many, you know, you talk about Yetzirah, you talk about, there are a lot of things uh, that have been uh, written already about the Chametz. But I think that in this particular chapter, the context is very specific. Egyptian things, which are very positive in and by themselves, need to be let go, okay, let go of them, lashbit, because this is the only way to start again. When that occurred to me, I just remembered one more thing that you know that Ethiopian Jews uh, are very uh, good at making um, ceramic uh, utensils. Now, uh, every year for Pesach, they break those utensils <laughs> and they make new utensils. So they really renew the utensils. I mean, that was at least uh, their tradition. I, I think that since the exodus from Ethiopia, many things uh, have changed for a lot of Ethiopian Jews. But um, so again, I find here the idea of letting go of lehashbit, lishmot, um, uh, in this mitzvah also. Uh, so the lotaaseh of lotochal chametz uh, becomes, uh, again, it's not lotaaseh, something which is forbidden because it is bad. It is forbidden dafka because it is good. That's why periodically 
you have to stop doing it. You know that they are, uh, uh, when you eat matzah uh, out of Pesach, the uh, Sephardic uh, halachic tradition was that matzah, not on Pesach, is not lechem. It's mezonot. The blessing that you say on it is not a motzi lechem in Aritz because it's not bread. It is uh, a kind, if you want, it's, it's a snack. It's, a, it's a, I don't know, it's a cookie, but it's not bread according to that halachic tradition. Um, I, uh, so these are the texts I, I wanted to share with you. And before I, I, um, I say a few more words, I want to, uh, to take a short stop and, and see if anybody here would like to uh, say something about any of those texts. Uh, okay, so uh, Rabbi Eddie, is that okay? You are... Yeah, that's oh, fine. I'm sorry. Rabbi Shmuley, uh, you are the uh, uh, moderator of, of this session. So is that okay to take in some questions? If anybody has any, or I don't know, disagree with me, whatever. Thank you, Rabbi Leah. Um, I think we're, we're good. Um, we can take questions at the end if that's okay with you. That's fine with me. I just before, I, I wanted to stop sharing the screen and go back to the... Uh, to the uh, screen where I can see all of you, okay? All right, so I stop share and here we are. Okay, hello everybody. Uh, so I would like to add um, uh, a few more uh, ideas uh, about that theme. Uh, so uh, I, I used to think of those things as a temporary uh, break in the ongoing cycle of life. And uh, with this new thought of mine, I don't think of it anymore as a temporary break. I think of it as an opportunity for a real break. In other words, an opportunity for um, thinking about uh, change. Okay, um, I think that a lot of evil in the world is not um, there because people are evil or intentionally they want to do evil. Some of the evil is like that, it is true. There are people who are truly racists. There are people who are truly anti-Semites, whatever, right? There are people who are truly violent and, and egotistical and hurt other people. So some of the evil is done intentionally as evil, but a lot of the evil which is in the world is because uh, uh, we don't take enough responsibility for the way things are done, something like that. We, we really trust the routine, we trust the mechanisms that have been uh, very useful and have uh, been very fruitful. We trust those mechanisms and, um, and we don't pay attention to the fact that the production of all those good things that we trust and are used to may have an, uh, maybe overshadowed or may have an, an, some sort of an undercurrent 
of uh, growing amount of uh, discomfort, growing amount of hurting people, growing amount of damage. We don't pay attention to that. I think that the current um, global climate crisis is a good example. We have become addicted to doing things which were very, very good, okay? Now it's, um, and I'm sure, I, okay, everybody points the finger now at uh, Nexon, uh, corporations, you know, big, okay. So there could be a lot of uh, straightforward evil there, okay? But if you look at it globally, I think that most of us who actually enjoy I enjoy my, uh, in this hot summer, I can't even think about living without my air conditioning. I enjoy my car, you know, uh, we enjoy uh, uh, airplane travel. Uh, we, I don't know, we find it difficult, whatever. Okay, so uh, I think that we have become used to uh, enjoying the good things about a fast growing economy, a fast, growing human production, a commerce, you know, uh, that, that goes on, I'm accustomed to it, and, and for a good reason, that's what I want to say, okay? It is more difficult to take into account the fact that while doing all these good things, we also produce evil unintentionally. And I think it is important to note the evil that we are responsible for, even though we had the best intentions in the world and we, can ha we have an alibi, okay? We have an excellent alibi. That's what I want to emphasize. And that uh, brought to my mind, you know, um, uh, a re-understanding of, of what Marx was talking about when he talked about uh, a revolution, okay? So the, uh, all right, he thought that capitalism was evil. All right, suppose I don't think that capitalism is evil. If you think that capitalism is evil, you have to do tshuva, all right. Suppose you think that capitalism is essentially the good way to go, okay? What then? I think that what I'm trying to teach now is that even when you think that capitalism is essentially good, you have to notice that by and by things get out of hand, not because anybody was particularly evil intentionally. Some have been evil particularly intentionally, okay? But most of us, it wasn't intentional evil. It was stuff that accumulated, which is why the idea of letting go arbitrarily, you know, it's not as if something happens in nature every seven uh, day, every seventh day or every seventh year or uh, every spring when, when uh, Pesach comes by. But it, it is arbitrary. It is a mitzvah. Okay, God told us to. Stop and let go. Stop and lishmot. Stop and lishbot. So uh, uh, we do this periodically in an arbitrary way. Why? 
because the inner logic is that this is the only way to stop and look at the residue, you know, at what is at, at the, at the uh, side products, at the stuff that, that maybe needs to really change. Um, so I, I was thinking about it in terms of social justice also, you know, we are addicted to um, uh, our own narrative and we don't even pay attention to the fact that as positive as the narrative of our group is, that's, that's important, you know? Not, I, 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 I'm not going to do now Shemitah of my narrative because the narrative is negative. No, the other way around. It is a very positive narrative. But if I do not stop periodically to let go and uh, see, check, maybe things need to be changed, uh, maybe something shadowy will accumulate to the point of no return. And one example that I can uh, uh, think of uh, is, uh, you know, uh, us as Ashkenazi Jews. I mean, us, it's me and my group. I have no idea. Uh, I do not assume that all of you on this Zoom are Ashkenazi, uh, but I know that the majority of American Jews are Ashkenazi. And uh, I know that the problems that we uh, experience in uh, Israel about Ashkenazim and non-Ashkenazim uh, are also very vibrant in the American community. Uh, except a lot of people can ignore it completely. I have a friend in Los Angeles who is very active with the Persian community there, and it sort of goes its own way, unconnected to other stuff. You know, Rabbi Chaim Ovadia, that I'm now uh, a student of, is very active in, in that area. So is the Ashkenazi narrative uh, negative? Not at all. It's very positive. And I can, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a proud Ashkenazia, Polish, <laughs> both sides, okay. And there's a lot of things to be proud of in terms of our, the history of our group, the, the rabbinical achievements of our group, the, uh, the um, advance, the way we dealt with uh, the non-Jewish cultures around us, uh, the, the important things that we, uh, uh, gave to the Jewish world. Uh, Zionism was one example that actually came out of uh, Europe, but uh, uh, right from the start, there were also Sephardim who are, were involved in it, and that is very often ignored, but basically it was a European idea of nationalism, etc. So uh, there are a lot of wonderful things about it. Okay, now what happens if I never stop to uh, let go and look around me and see what happened with the fact that I insisted so uh, for so long and, and sort of uh, um, encapsulated myself and my group, right? In, uh, in this narrative to the effect of, of actually not letting other voices rise, not letting other people take the lead, not letting other types of Judaism and other Jewish cultures uh, share the, the uh, main stage with me, the mainstream. 
uh, I need to actually do that Shemitah. I need to actually do that Shabbat or do that Hashbatat uh, Seor of Pesach in order to do that. Another example that uh, comes to my mind is um, the, uh, uh, okay, I'll, I'll put my politics uh, up front, okay? Um, I'm a member of the peace movement, Oz uh, Shalom, which is the Jewish religious uh, peace movement in Israel. I'm also on the board of the Forum of uh, Israeli Peace Organizations in Israel. Okay, so that this is just for um, you, uh, what's it called, you something, uh, you know, I need to, uh, revelation, something like that, no? Yeah, okay, so I'm on, on uh, what? Disclosure. Yeah, something, disclosure, it's called, yeah, yeah. Disclosure. Fair disclosure, okay, all right. Having said that, okay, I want to say something about the peace ministers, okay? Uh, and and it, it doesn't just refer to the Israeli peace movement or to J Street or to, uh, I don't know, to, uh, but in usually, you know, usually across the world, peace movements um, tend to focus on very justly on getting rid of war, getting rid of death, right? Uh, which is very important. Okay, they call upon society to do tshuva. Fine. Now here is my idea. Suppose we put that uh, aside for a moment and think about a peace movement that adopts the Shabbat Shemitah Pesach logic instead and says, what is it that we need to let go? Maybe we need to let go of our own narrative as you know, self-appointed uh, uh, wonderful liberals and, and I don't know, yefei uh, nefesh as we say in Hebrew, right? A beautiful souls. Uh, um, okay, so what happens if we, drop that and we actually open up the thought, our thoughts to, uh, to, uh, to a different way of looking at things. Uh, so I can talk about it a lot more, but I think I'll, I'll just drop that idea and I'll stop here. I'm told that we have very few minutes left. That's terrible because I wanted to leave. I forgot that it's only 50 minutes. I wanted to leave more time for comments or protests or questions. Thank you so much, Rabbi Leah. I have a, a, a maybe a question, almost a thought here. How do we overcome the evil that comes out of the community? What kind of evil do you have in mind right now? So, because um, I know that we sometimes hyper-focus, right, on, on I, I love the example that you gave about going for corporations and instead of uh, looking inwards on our own evil that we kind of contribute to the climate crisis, where we're consistently driving cars, we're consistently taking planes, we're consistently doing that, and instead of uh, really hyper-focusing on, like, that evil of, like, overcoming that and saying, how can I make those changes, we tend to just point fingers at the bigger corporations. What steps do you um, suggest that we give to people to look internally at our own uh, evil that we um, produce? Uh, okay, um, um, look, even when we talk about patriarchy, 
and its evils and how we work towards equality of whoever, not just women, but you know, uh, LTGBQ, I don't know the acronyms in English and whatever. Uh, patriarchy was a very positive thing. It was a system that held families together, that held communities together, that held leadership together, that whatever. So uh, letting, we have to give credit to people. Uh, some people use patriarchy in an evil way and they have to do tshuva. Most people are uh, used to patriarchy and addicted to it because of all the good things that it helped us hold together. How about encouraging people to, yes, let's enumerate the good things that are there and let's think about the evil that gets produced. And I'm not just saying look inside, I'm saying do the communal work, do it uh, in, in public, do it in groups. Uh, you know, um, uh, how about if we look at it and we say, all right, we need to put down the patriarchy with all its good things in order to look at the bad things that were accumulated in it by and by. And for example, get refusal. You know, it's not as if the rabbis ever meant for men to become evil and, and, uh, and behave like that. They didn't, but we need to look, rabbis need to look at the evil that was produced while we were doing the good things. And the only way to actually take care of it is to let go of a certain way of thinking. Because if we don't, we will never be able to take care and, and that accumulated unintentional evil will become institutional evil that will actually destroy us. Thank you so much. What, what a, I got goosebumps with your response. Thank you so much, uh, Rabbi Leah. We appreciate you uh, for this amazing class and everybody who's joining us today, either if you're watching on our live stream or if you're gonna be watching on our recording, huge shout out to Rabbi Leah for this just phenomenal class. There's so much learning to happen. Everybody have an amazing day. Take care. Bye-bye. For you too, uh, Shana Tova. Take care, Shana Tova.